for herbalists in general, I think the internet has opened up so much more, better exchange of information than we had before. You're listening to Plant Love Radio, episode number 53. Welcome to Plant Love Radio, a place where you'll discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and resilient life through the wonders of herbal medicine. I'm your host, Lana Camille, a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. You'll love my amazing guests herbal teachers, clinicians, medicine makers, growers, and artists. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hello, friends. Have you ever wondered how your favorite herbal book came about? Or maybe your favorite website? When you're starting to learn something new, what are the good places to explore? What are some of the resources that could be helpful to you? Today, I'm speaking with someone who's pretty well known in the herbal medicine world because of her love for herbal information and resources. Henriette Kress is an herbalist living in Finland who created one of the largest herbal information websites called Henriette's Herbal. Many practicing herbalists and teachers use the resources on her site on a pretty consistent basis. Last year, Henriette's herbal page turned 20 years old, and today we'll travel the memory lane together to learn more about its history, plans for the future, and other resources in the world of herbal medicine. To explore all the links and sites and resources shared in today's episode, please head over to plantloveradio.com slash 53. Enjoy. Henriette, hello. How are you doing? Hello, Lana. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm well. Today is one of those days when I'm super grateful for technology because it allows us to connect, you being in Finland and me being in Boston in the United States. So I am really excited to welcome you to the show. wanted to begin by asking you a little bit about herbal medicine and how the interest started. I know your grandmother had an influence on you in that respect. So can you recall sometimes when you were especially fascinated by what she was sharing with you? Uh, she used to take us out into the woods and meadows where she lived. And also when she came to visit us uh, where we lived, she used to, um, I mean, she had three small kids that needed tiring out. So we were mm -hmm. walking lots. And then she was interested in herbs and she did, I think, uh, uh, quite a bit of herbal medicine for her uh, farm and uh, for some people near there. And um, she used to tell me, look, this herb is used for that and now we shall get, go and pick this herb. And then she showed me the uh, the red color you get from St. John's Wort when you crush it. And mm -hmm. that's a yellow flower. Yeah. Which makes it a red red color uh, juice. It's like, I mean, really, if that's not magic, what is? It really is magical, yes. Yes. And... Um, um, she she kept uh, she started sending me her books when i was uh, a bit older 
And then she, uh, we moved to Finland and she, uh, she used to send me her books to for birthdays and for Christmas and then also a few dried herbs. And I used to go out with these books and try to figure out what, what plant was what, was what when I was 10 and 11 and so on. So that was interesting. Uh, she kept sending me books. And uh, I got one that uh, included a nettle salad. Nettle salad, okay. Yes, but it didn't specify that you had to somehow uh, eliminate the sting of the nettles. Right. So what happened there? Nobody in my family wanted to even taste it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I I threw the book out quite soon after I made it. Okay, okay. It It really was quite bad. Yes. So, did you try nettle salad? Oh yes. It, yes. I can I can confirm that the the mucous membranes of your mouth are way more sensitive than the fingertip fingertips. Oh my gosh! I am just imagining like what happened to you. This was you were like ten, eleven, something like that. I was fifteen, sixteen by that time. Okay. All right. It's it's interesting that you're talking about nettle because I went to the farmer's market this last weekend and they were selling nettles and so nettle leaves and I brought them back and I just put them out and I'm like, oh my God, they are still stinging. So that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And I always remember that you need to make, to do something with them, cook them or whatever it is, because otherwise you will be in trouble. Yeah, drying them doesn't help with the sting. There's still some hairs, some stinging hairs left after you dried them. So you were you said that you were 15, 16. So at some point you decided to go to the university and you actually majored in economics. Oh yeah, there were no herb courses at that time. Okay. Nothing at all to do with herbs. And then I couldn't speak Finnish then either. So um, in uh, when I was 20 or so, I went to a week-long course in uh, the beginnings of, of, of medicinal herbs or something like that. And because I had studied them on my own for decades by then, well, at least a decade, I, I kept thinking, well, yes, tell me something new. So I knew that that school wasn't for me. And then uh, uh, I found the internet. There was this uh, Usenet news group for herbs. And then there was the medicinal herb list, a mailing list, email mailing list. And uh, then there were herbalists like Michael Moore and Christopher Headley and uh, quite a few others. And then I dis- I, I, I knew what I was going to uh, study then. I I, I made the medicinal herb facts and made my website. And uh, then I said uh, to Michael Moore, uh, I want to come to your school. I had also uh, uh, checked into the English, the British herb courses, but they were very expensive. And Michael Moore's wasn't. Somebody asked him once uh, why he didn't take four or five times the price he did. And he said he didn't want his parking lot uh, being filled with beamers, BMVs, <laughs> which is quite a nice way of thinking, I think. So he wanted people to actually start doing herbal things instead of just having it in their back pocket and not doing anything with it. 
Very interesting. So, so you worked in financial industry for a little while, but at the same time, you started uh, going back to herbal medicine and kind of like exploring these forums and what internet had to offer, right? And that's how you discovered the Southwest School of Botanical Medicine. Uh, I was. Uh, I never really stopped uh, being interested in herbs, and uh, one of my boyfriends showed me this uh, new thing that was called the internet, mm-hmm. and I was interested until he found me a herbal <laughs> forum <laughs> okay okay so then you knew that this is just a vehicle to find what you are actually passionate about yeah. okay. yes yes and then i uh, started to read and to answer and to learn a lot and then i made the medicinal herb facts and that uh, got me some fame and then i made the website because i had made the medicinal herb facts the a university site in the US asked me if I wanted to have my own website on their their server, and of course I said yes, yes, because at that time it would have cost about a thousand or two thousand dollars a month to have your own. It was really expensive back then. And so we're talking roughly nineteen ninety five, something around that time, maybe a little yes. bit later. Yes, I think ninety five uh, is when it started. And do you know? Uh, the twentieth year's year anniversary anniversary just went past, and I didn't even notice. Um, and uh, Michael Moore had his own website, and uh, it was a kind of a competition that was quite, uh, quite interesting. Whenever he'd put something up, I would put something up, and then he saw that I put something up, and he would add. So none of us would have gotten as big without the other. Very, very interesting to hear. So so you studied at the Southwest School of Botanical Medicine with Michael. After that, you, I remember reading somewhere that you got the confidence to see patients, to see your clients, to um, and you started like writing and presenting. But in herbal circles, because of your interest in the resources and your website, you became very well known as this amazing database of resources to go to and to find information. So I wanted to ask you to talk about inspiration for bringing some of these resources. You're saying it was a little bit of a competition. So how did certain things made it there? And just tell us, could you tell us a little bit of what's on that website? Well, I started, I I got this offer to make a website and then I I thought, yeah, what shall I put there? Because I didn't have all that much. So I put up the medicine herb facts and then I had a few slides and a slide scanner. So I put up uh, photos of herbs and that was really unknown back then. People didn't have pictures up actually. They they just had text mostly. And then I put up a few archive files that's um, uh, the best parts of the of, uh, herbal forums I was on. Um, and then I started to scan a few old books and put them on as text, so you can you could search them. And um, it just grew from there. And uh, I think it's sixteen thousand plant photos. Could be more. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> uh, I was really um, uh, when I was doing this old scan text, I uh, linked them all to the plants 
there's one HTML page and it has the links to the, the botanical names of the plants. So you could click on the botanical name and get everything for that particular plant on my site, which is uh, quite a nice way to in index things. Uh, so I did that. And I did the same to the photos. And um, then I started to put the plants uh, into botanical sections. So if you read uh, the bot botany backwards, you get to the uh, um, uh, higher and higher up to the family and, and uh, all of those. And if you if you look at the photos backwards, you you get an alphabetical list. So it, it's quite nice that it's both. So if you know your if you know which plant you want, you just put it in the search box, and then you get a lot. And then, then if you want more on that plant, you click on the botanical name of one of those. And that's that's really an easy way to look at things. Uh, and Michael Moore he put up whole books as sim uh, single P PDF files, so that was an easy way to download whole books. But if you wanted just one plant, then my site was uh, easier. I think uh, we we. Um, combined quite nicely in uh, we covered a lot of aspects it it is very true um so you didn't have really background in librarian science right so i'm kind of curious like the whole idea of indexing and kind of bringing these things together how did it come to you um you know i'm german <laughs> okay so you yeah. like order it has to be precise I'm also a uh, master in uh, master of economics, so uh, it has to be precise. But then there's the herb side, and that that's allowed to be fluffy. That that's that's really awesome. So my mom always used to tell me that no matter what you learn in your life, at some point the skills will come back to you, and they will help you in developing whatever it is you're called to do. So you're clearly this is an example in your life, Henriette. You talked to us a little bit about the past. So where is the website right now, and what are your plans for it in the future? Uh, I got a little one about 10 years ago, so it's been on a bit of a slow-grow motion. Uh, I just put up the first uh, fourth quarter of uh, Elizabeth Blackwell from 1750 or so. And it's not a lot of text per, uh, for each of her images, but it has to be written manually, so uh, everything is typed by hand. So. That takes a while. Uh, most of the other texts I've had uh, have been uh, automatic text recognition, OCR, so that's easier. But it's uh, interesting and it's fun and uh, I have so many books waiting and I have so many pictures waiting. <laughs> it's not even funny anymore. But it's, it's like, uh, why not? Uh, I think I have at least 8,000 photos that I haven't uh, put up yet. And so many books. I'm not really sure yet what the next book will be, which, which language, because the Blackwell will take a while and then I should finish a few of the other ones. But no, it's fun.
I, I remember when I just started learning herbs and I remember someone recommending your site and I, I started going there and I just was blown away by the amount, sheer amount of information that you can find there. And so uh, it, especially for someone who is novice, I think it is so greatly appreciated that it could be found there. We talked a little bit about your website, but I know that uh, sometime in 2011-2013, two of your books came out. So the first one was Practical Herbs, and uh, then I know that Practical Herbs became Practical Herbs 1 and 2. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. What are some of the herbs that made this list? Why? And who was the book written for? Uh, I've been doing lectures since 1988 or so. And uh, uh, a lot of, yeah, there really wasn't any good book in Finnish. They were all these uh, really short ones, or then they were concentrating on single constituents and and research, and nobody had really taken the time to write something about real plants used in real people. And um, I... Uh, I had a lot of German books and they were all the practical side of things. They were all about, uh, this is how you pick the plant and make the things and use the plant. And then I, and then I, um, uh, I just thought, yeah, I'll I'll do one in the German style, but uh, yeah, I like to laugh a lot. So I put in a few funnies here and there. Because yes, because it's much much easier to read if you if you get uh, um, shocked out of the boredom every every now and then with something to laugh about, and then uh, the plants I chose it was uh, what I use most and what's easily available without being in any way in den- in endangered. So it was. Um, What's what's growing in my garden, and what what can I pick in quantity? It was written for Finnish Finnish uh, people, but uh, it works uh, very well also translated, and it's also been translated into Japanese, which is quite interesting because they have a bit different plants. But well, it's half garden grown and half wild, so it's okay. So, what are some of the plants that made the list? Uh, stinging nettle and yarrow and echinacea and uh, mint and uh, uh, lemon balm and and then after I'd done both books I thought oh, yeah I I completely forget about barberry and uh, I don't have any exotics in there either I don't have uh, ginger or, or or things like that so I might have to write one more but I don't know when. <laughs> okay, well it's good it's good to have plans. Yeah, it's like yeah. I uh, I did the herb cuts then and they're quite nice because they were they started out as herb of the week. So when I had collected 52 I just uh, put them into a book and uh, did a bit of layout and that was nice. And so they're, how do, how do they work? So how do the cards work? Oh, they're really cool. They're uh, cardboard cards that are bound into a book, and uh, the front uh, has a photo and name and uses uh, and uh, all kinds of icons that tell you what they do. And the back has has just a photo so, uh, of the same plant. So you can just uh, look at the back and try to guess what plant it is, and uh, then you can go and 
uh, pat yourself on, on the back if you got it right. And they are color-coded by a plant family, so you can uh, easily see that these five uh, are in the, in the same family, like rose family or, or a mint family or whatever. And um, then you see the similarities, and that helps you see similarities in real life out in the, out in the field. They're patent. They're patented on uh, Pokemon cards. So, oh, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I looked at what my little uh, was collecting, and I thought, well, yeah, that's a good layout. So I, I tried to see how I can make it fit with with herbs. So that works nicely. Very interesting. So I read that a lot of your information and research was inspired by the forums, like for the practical uh, herbs, and that you are one of the few people that were able to bring together the knowledge into your writing, into your books. But I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit about the role of forums and these online communities in your life as a clinical herbalist. I see you a lot on American Herbalist Guild forums where you are educating students all the time. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? About the forums, they're very important. I started out not knowing, well, I knew a lot, yes, but uh, I didn't have all that much um, hands-on knowledge. I hadn't, I had tried, yes, but not enough. So then I started to do more and more things. And uh, I started to see clients only after I went to the Southwest School. Um, in the beginning, I would call Michael or call Christopher Headley in, in London about uh, interesting cases or difficult, difficult, of course. And then uh, later on, I would just uh, ask questions on the herbal forums because they are really very helpful. And um, uh, for herbalists in general, I think the Internet has opened up so much more better exchange of information than we had before. Before you had the books and that was it. You had perhaps somebody who could teach you in person, but mostly not, because it, it's rather expensive to go travel somewhere. I don't know. I think uh, we we can thank this co uh, current renaissance of herbalism. Uh, it, it's it's due partly because of the internet. So, what are some of your favorite forums? Ah, favorite forums. Uh, there is this. Uh, uh, a British forum uh, on Facebook for medical herbalists, and that's really very good. And then there's one that's called Clinical Herbalist uh, Forum on Facebook, and that's uh, the second best one. And then there are a few mailing lists that are quite good. Uh, uh, the ones for herbalists are the best, because there I can ask questions. But uh, then I, I go to uh, a few of the ones for, for for beginners and then I try to steer them away from all this uh, what's, what's the current current craze it's Kratom and uh, CBD and oil of oregano and like yes thank you and uh, colloidal silver and what yeah. it's like it's a craze this year and uh, next year they'll think of something new and can be start uh, talking about the causes of the problem and what really would help and and the, or this person would be better off to go to hospital with that with that problem. It's really nothing to uh, for herbalists to just to start to do anything about it, but they have to learn some way. So, yeah. 
How do you think it's possible to make the education in general better? Are there certain strategies or tips for someone who wants to run a forum, let's say? What would you recommend? And maybe this would be also a good question for someone who is looking for a forum. What to look for in a good forum? Uh, someone who runs a forum uh, should not throw out practicing herbalists. <laughs> That's definitely good advice. Because we're the ones who really do know plants and know the, the pitfalls, the problems that can come up with it. There was one forum long ago. I started to say, yes, but this is a nutrient deficiency and you shouldn't cover it up with herbs. And they threw me out. I thought, yeah, right, cool. <laughs> It's not just herbs. It's like um, uh, one of the old Roman doctors. No, it was common. Uh, in old Rome, doctors weren't allowed to, to give herbs to people if a lifestyle diet worked. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, and the same is with nutrients. If you, if you, you shouldn't give herbs for nutrient deficiencies because you're just masking the problem. Yeah, uh, and the best forum for for beginners. Um, I'm on Ask a Herbalist on Facebook, and I uh, I run the medicinal herbalist on. Uh, uh, it's an email list, and you can find it on my website. I think under forums on uh, in the medicinal herb pack. Um, and the American Herbalists Guild is also quite good. Uh, the forum for the American Herbalist Guild. But I think you're not allowed to uh, ask questions about your health there. So it's it's good to ask questions, how do you pick this plant? But there are limits to what you can do on that forum. Okay. All right. So so when you're looking for one, so A, they should really be respectful and make sure that there are clinicians that are participating. So these are the people that can provide guidance to younger or newer uh, clinicians and practitioners. Anything else that you want to teach someone else who is trying to look for a good forum? Uh, respectful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, avoid all those that, uh, that where the answer to any problem at all is kratom or CBD. Okay. It really so, is not. So making sure that it's not just about trendy topics. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. We talked about forums. We talked about books. Um, are there other resources that you personally like that you would recommend to someone who is just starting in herbal medicine? There are so many good online courses and uh, uh, try to find one that suits you and then make a lot and pick a lot and make sure that you don't pick any toxic ones. And uh, always remember to have fun because if, if it's not fun, then what's the point? That's a great advice. So when you're saying pick the one that's right for you, what does that mean? An online course, pick pick some. Uh, I mean, all teachers are different. And if you're the stolid plodding uh, type, then you probably shouldn't go with a flitty, airy type uh, teacher, <laughs> things like that. Henriette, tell us where our listeners can find your website and when where they can find all the information that you share with them. The address is henriettes-herb.com. You can also write henriettesherbal.com because that just uh, flips you over to the new site. Uh, the difference is one 
could handle the the old one couldn't handle my my site it was too big for them and the new one can but then i didn't didn't want well i have both it's quite good and then um uh, you can try just typing in Henriette and Herb and see where that, where that takes you. I think it takes you to me. It's possible that just typing in Henriette will take you to me. Well, it used to, but it, uh, things have changed. There are so many so many sites now. And then uh, the resources. I have a list of links I like where I list a few other herbalists that I respect, uh, the sites that I respect, and they're quite good. Mm. I'm on Facebook under Henrietta's Herbal and also on Henrietta Cress and they're all just herbal. I don't put anything private on Facebook. So you can find me there too. Okay, so so your website and Facebook. That's fabulous. I will definitely make sure to include all the links uh, in the show notes. Henriette, as we're coming to an end of those delightful conversations, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners based on the discussion today? No, I think we covered it all. The the thing is, go out and pick plants and use plants and uh, have fun and and connect to plants. If uh, we're herbalists because we like plants, so so if you like plants, you should try to become a herbalist too. That's wonderful. And you don't necessarily need to see clients and uh, do things of that type. But even if you can learn more about herbs and bring them into your life, I think that that will be a definitely very positive uh, step in the right direction. Oh, yes. Henriette, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your experience. Thank you for your generosity. Everything that you are sharing with the entire community that we're all using, it's really, really, really appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me too. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Henriette Kress. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by Cami McBride and your wonderful introductory course guiding you step-by-step on how to make delicious and nutritious herbal teas. Cami is a teacher of mine. I've taken her courses in the past, and I absolutely love this particular one. It's called Herbal Tea Kickstart Guide. In this particular course, you learn everything from basics of herbal tea making to importance of proportions, ways of combining uh, different flavors to create even more delicious and satisfying beverages, and various other uh, suggestions and ideas that help you to become a more confident tea maker. So I hope you will check it out. Head over to the show notes and find the link to the course under brought to you by section. Are you listening to Plant Love Radio for the first time? Please subscribe to the podcast to seamlessly get future episodes downloaded to your device. I'm so thrilled to introduce you to many amazing guests and topics. And of course, nothing says thank you better than sharing this show with a friend who might enjoy it and giving us a five-star rating and review. Thank you so much in advance. The music you hear in the introduction was written by a neighbor of mine, David Scholl, and is called Something About Cat. My deepest gratitude to Bill Gilligan for this opportunity to play it. Thanks again for being here today. I really appreciate you. Till the next time, thank you for loving plants and planting love. 